And what was the goal? What were you trying to reach like through sex? Um, just like that, that like that overwhelming, awesome feeling that like that's portrayed in movies, you know, like in like the 80s Baywatch movies, how they have their hair flipped back and stuff. And they're like, oh, my God, like (laughs) just that. I got a feeling beneath those jeans is something wonderful just waiting to get out. You're listening to Radical Empathy. I am your host, John Regalado, and today we are going to talk about porn. All right, so it is a new year. We've got a new episode, and we are trying new things on uh, today's podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. Today we're going to be talking about a subject that makes a lot of us uncomfortable. Making this episode was a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm glad we did it. And I think we have some interesting insights to share with you guys today. But before we get to porn, let's hear what you guys thought about our last episode. Hi, um, I just wanted to thank you for episode two. I am a social work student. And I'm writing an essay about conversion therapy. And I'm a queer person. And listening to this episode, it it stopped me in my tracks. Specifically the line when John said that he knows that God would accept him if he lived a homosexual lifestyle, but he's sacrificing um, for a higher reward. It, it just broke me down. I have so much sadness in my heart for John. I hope he finds peace. I really do. Also wanted to thank you for the recent podcast that you had with John. Being a member of the church as well and also a member of the LGBT community, I definitely went through a lot of the same things that he went through. Hopefully he can keep moving forward with joy and choose the best paths for his life. I just wanted to tell you guys that I actually got pretty upset about John's story. So I'm actually part of the LGBTQ community myself. And it's always been hard for me to accept myself. So hearing about someone that does everything to change who it really is made me really sad and upset. But I really like that you guys told the listeners to take a step back and give John some air, even though I got really frustrated. Although I love your content, the ending of your last podcast kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Considering your channel is almost based on the idea of talking through problems then why could why could you say that we shouldn't talk about this hi jubilee one interesting topic that i feel like maybe you guys should bring up and maybe do a little segment on it it doesn't have to be a whole podcast um obviously it's up to you guys even if you hear this um but what i was thinking is maybe you could shed a little light on climate change and maybe some things we can do to prevent it and help everything out. One thing that I'm doing personally right now in my high school um, is composting. That last caller's name was Jocelyn and Jocelyn we have good news for you. We are working on a climate change episode of Radical Empathy so stay tuned for that. If you want to let us know what you think about the show you can visit us at anchor.fm slash radical empathy and leave us a voice memo. Today's episode is going to happen in three acts. Uh, First, we are going to talk to the Jubilee team, as well as my girlfriend, about our own personal habits with pornography. 
Act two, we are going to meet the adult film performer, Anna Fox, and hear her take on the industry. And finally, we are going to speak to a married couple who just happen to be good friends of mine and hear how pornography was a barrier in their relationship and how they overcame that. This episode is somewhat limited in how we explore pornography. We can only hear so many perspectives in 45 minutes, and we understand that we're really just scratching the surface. So there are going to be some sexualities and some perspectives that are overlooked. I want to warn you that in this episode, we talk about sex in some pretty graphic detail. There's also some explicit language throughout the episode. If you are somebody who wants to learn about porn, these conversations are intended to be educational, but I think it's important to point out that porn should be viewed by people who are 18 and older, um, and we do not encourage minors to view pornography um, in any way. All right, and without any further ado, let's talk about porn. Um, my name is Grace, and I'm the graphic design here at Jubilee. Great. Yay. Welcome. <laughs> In regards to pornography, do you have a relationship with pornography as like a individual in like your private life? No, actually. I don't mm. think it's something that I've actually struggled with. You, you have no point of contact with it? You've never seen it before? I mean, I've seen it once, but yeah, after that, I never really ran into it. And was it, can you describe that one time? Um, It was just with my group of friends at home. And then we're just watching random videos on YouTube. And then there is that one video. I think it was like <laughs> two girls in one cup. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, though. No. Yeah, that. Oh, um, <laughs> God. That opened a lot of different alleys. <laughs> I will firmly tell our viewers. Uh, I mean, our I'm listeners <laughs> do not watch that video. I'm feeling <laughs> nauseous thinking about it. And I don't want to shame the people who participate in that too much. Right. <laughs> I don't want this to be like a personal attack towards yeah. them, but yeah. Yeah. It's so just, that's yeah. your one point of contact with pornography. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is kind of, kind of gross. So I'm not gonna. Okay. <laughs> okay. Taylor, do you recall your earliest experience being exposed to pornographic imagery? So I remember like, just one day I was young and I was like on the computer and being bombarded with this pop-up ad that was like so terrifying to me I was like what is this and I freaked out it was like very explicit and I was like what the frick is this and I just like panicked and even now I like feel like this like nervousness of like it just felt so violating I was like what is happening so my parents they're actors this is Bonnie, a director at Jubilee. So one thing that my parents always did was like um, voiceovers for like anime. Mm-hmm. More on the like the hentai side of stuff, like yeah. anime porn. I would go with my mom to do her voiceovers because like, you know, she was working mom and I would, wouldn't have a babysitter or whatever. And I would go to the studio with her. And I loved cartoons, so I would like sit in for most of it. And then there would always be a point where they would be like, "Okay, Bonnie, it's time to go sit outside," but like you could still kind of hear it. And so like I could hear what the scene was roughly. They're like sex sounds. Yeah. Porn and I have a friendship. We've okay. Been, we've been friends for a while. This is Mel, our head of community. So I definitely started watching around high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been consistently watching it ever since. Masturbation is a way that I feel like I personally like 
relieve stress and tension. Mm -hmm. So I kind of enjoy it here and there. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, <laughs> do you mind sharing how often? Uh, I definitely see an increase as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. I think it's because it, it, just looking at my life though, like when I'm not in a relationship, yeah, it definitely skyrockets in terms of like when I watch it versus like if I'm, if I'm in a relationship, I don't really need to watch it. I feel like porn can expose you to things that you didn't know you, you were interested in. This is Pierce, a freelance editor who works with Jubilee. But now with like the internet and more visibility, I think some things can get activated in you. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, when you first saw pornography, was there a very specific type of pornography that you were drawn to? Not really at first. I was just kind of like into like lesbian stuff. But then I remember I like... <laughs> yeah, so was I. <laughs> yeah, like every young boy. But then I like discovered trans porn, like trans women. And like that, I was like, oh, this is like what I'm into. And like... Oh, really? Yeah. So like... And I feel like probably that was always inside of me. And like porn is just like, oh, there's this thing. Hey, I'm an editor here. And what's your name? I'm Jean. Hi, Jean. Hi. <laughs> what do you think about porn? Personally, it doesn't do much for me. I've tried watching porn and it kind of grosses me out. How come? It just feels like very violent. Like, it doesn't feel... Like, I'm not able to empathize with what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious Why? if you could describe it in more more detail. Yeah, why don't you like it? It just is disturbing to me. <laughs> I remember when I first was exposed to pornography when I was I was pretty young. Mm -hmm. Um and nobody showed it to me. I just like sought it out. Mm -hmm. I was like maybe 6th grade. I remember being really upset, like like I wanted to cry, like immediately after, but then like also not being able to look away, this like compulsion to explore it more, but then this like extreme melancholy. Um, For me, the I remember thinking, kind of pathetic and ashamed afterwards. Um, part of me, I think, really craved intimacy with someone in real life. And maybe my way of filling that need was by watching these like images of people being intimate. But even before my mind could comprehend, like my, my body or just like rejected it because maybe, I don't know, like maybe that's not the kind of intimacy I want or maybe it just highlighted that I was really not getting any like sort of intimacy at that time and also maybe it could be also deeply rooted um, cultural beliefs that I was surrounded by that made me feel shameful. As I was talking about this topic with people on our team and hearing their thoughts and their feelings, I realized that I myself also had my own feelings and my own experiences and my own opinions about porn. And I thought that in order to be fully honest with you guys as I explored this topic, 
it only made sense for me to open up and share some of those with you. So I decided to sit down and have a conversation with the person who knows me best, my girlfriend, and talk to her about porn. Hi, I'm Katie. <laughs> so John. No, <laughs> I'm interviewing you. <laughs> I'm a social worker and an artist. First of all, why are you feeling nervous? And second of all, why did you choose me to interview? Well, I wanted, we're making a podcast about pornography. I've told you that, right? Yes. And then I thought that it would be transparent to interview you and talk about our relationship with pornography. Okay. Because we've only talked about it a handful of times. Yeah. Okay. How do you think um, couples should navigate pornography? Because porn is like a huge part of the internet. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think that watching porn from a young age, and I'm sure like a normal amount for a normal developing boy, right? Well, that's the thing is, what's a normal amount of porn? Nobody knows because <laughs> nobody well, talks about it. You don't seem to have an issue now. I don't think I have an... Are you asking if you well, think it had a negative effect? No, on no, no. I, I want to know if how watching porn as you were growing up impacted the way that you um, had sex with women in the flesh. I don't think that it affected me that much. I think it maybe made me more focused on the male side of the sexual experience. And I think pornography educated me to think that my own sexual gratification was just as pleasurable to women as it was to myself. Oh, so you thought what you wanted was also what they wanted. Yeah. When did you start to... I guess you're just going to interview me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this will help me have a decent conversation with you. When did you start to think about what women want? Um, Not until I was in adult, like serious relationships. And did someone say, hey, you're not paying attention to my, my desires? No, it was just intuitive. And, you know, I, f- I consider myself a somewhat decent person. So I feel like I'm considerate and sensitive to other people's, you know, needs or preferences. So I just, it just was naturally suddenly on my radar. Whereas in pornography, it's just not, you know, men and women don't have sex in porn. And the man, you know, accidentally finishes first and then, you know, goes, oh, hey, you know, let me make sure that you finish too. That's that not doesn't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen in porn. And porn doesn't happen that way. It's this big showy explosion. But to be honest, porn is like you don't even watch the whole thing, I don't think. Like when I really consumed a lot of pornography, I couldn't even watch one video or focus on one video for more than like probably if i was looking at it objectively like 30 seconds you're just chasing this rabbit of voyeurism and it's just like you click on thumbnail after thumbnail after thumbnail and you scrub and you scrub and you scrub and you you're just like searching for this thing that you can't exactly find so when it's all over do you feel like you were in a fog no you remember it 
but you probably feel a little bit embarrassed if there's a spiritual aspect to your upbringing. Like when I would yeah. watch porn and masturbate when I was, you know, still a Christian, there would be probably a shame, a dose of shame and guilt. But for me, I kind of became pretty pragmatic about it. I mean, there's an ocean of pornography on the internet. I'm not the only person watching this. This isn't like me in a secret corner that nobody knows about. This mm. is a huge thing. So I'm not the only person going through this. Sharon, what other questions do you have about porn? What other thoughts do you have? Well, what do you want to know, John? <laughs> well, I want to know what should be done about this. What should be done about pornography? There seems to be a disconnect between the way men behave with porn in private and the way we feel about it as a society. Well, okay. Here's what I think. Mm -hmm. When we shame people for their sexual preferences, desires, and fantasies, and they push it down into a dark corner of themselves, it comes out in unhealthy and sometimes violent ways. So we should encourage everybody to practice and enjoy pleasure. And porn can help facilitate that. But it has to be ethical. Mm -hmm. What if you... I'm... I just want to tap into your raw feelings. If you saw me watching porn, what feelings would you feel? If I were in the house? If you walked into a room and I was just watching porn. I would yell. I would say, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I would be mad. I would be mad. Because it would make me think that you're getting something from the porn that you can't get from me. Which I think is backwards. Because porn is like, again, flat. It's flat. It's just image. What if I asked you to watch porn and right now and explain your thoughts as you watched it? On the microphone? Yeah. Have you done that with other people? No. <laughs> that would be like sexual harassment yeah. in the workplace, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would do that. Uh Okay, so I'm just going to hand this to you, and then you just flip through. Oh, my God. Say your thoughts out loud. Ooh, well, it looks violent. Just the first one. Um... My mind is blank. My mind is erased by what I'm looking at. <laughs> this isn't so bad. This seems to be like a couple, a normal looking couple in bed. But it, he is holding the camera. Mm -hmm. But uh, God, like five out of the seven of the women on this page look like they have pain on their faces. And there's a lot of stepbrother, stepsister stuff, which I do find really disturbing. So Teen, teen. Okay, so after looking at that, yeah. do you still agree with what you just said? What did I say? Everyone should seek pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Repression is never the answer. So 
What do you think we should do about porn? I don't know. I think regulation, research. Education. And education are some good starting points. But I think that has to start with a certain acceptance that what we see in porn is who we are. I know it's not what sex is, but it is what we want. I, I, I bristle when you say that a little because who is we? The human soup. The but larger human soup. I'm not soup. a part of that soup. I I know you aren't. Yeah, but so many people aren't. Like, but what? A, like a a queer person wouldn't necessarily be into what I just looked at. There is queer porn. There is. No, I know, but like, I mean, we just scratched the surface. I guess all I'm saying is there has to be a certain acceptance and ownership of what is happening in pornography before we can figure out how best to distribute and treat it there just has to be i think more of a frank openness about it being there and right now i think we're just kind of in denial that it's there uh yeah i agree with you so reducing the stigma so that we can actually talk about what's what need it's filling why it's there what kind of healthy version of it um maybe we could make together (laughs) except for me leave me out of it (laughs) When it comes to porn, I think a lot of us think that it's bad and it's unethical. And that is an okay opinion to have. But other people may want to incorporate porn into their lives, including the people who make it. And how do they navigate the ethics once they decide to do that? Anna, this, this, we met like two minutes ago or yes. 10 minutes ago. Yes. Um, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. To start things off, can you introduce yourself? Maybe say how old you are and what you do. I am Anna Fox. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Foxy Loxy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an adult actress for, I believe, nine years. I tried to Google myself and mm-hmm. I'm not that good at math, but if I've, if I've been... If I'm correct, it's been nine years that I've been professionally fucking people on camera. Is the term porn star offensive? And I'm going to ask a lot of things because I'm not super educated. Okay, good. (laughs) No, porn star is not offensive to me. I don't know. I don't know what other people think, but I think it's cool because it's like every time somebody says porn star, I imagine like bubble letters like porn star. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So before we dive into like porn today... Yes. I kind of want to hear like the story of Anna. <laughs> like, where are you from? What's your story? Where'd you grow Ooh. up? What were you like as a child? <laughs> Can you kind of paint that? Over that? Yeah, tell us your story. Wee baby Anna. <laughs> um, I'm from California, a small city in Rialto. Um, I grew up there. It's really boring. It's very uh, small townish. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know. I was always like spaced out. Like I was the kid that during recess when all the other kids went in, I was still in the fucking sandbox. Like mm-hmm. and, and like nobody noticed. <laughs> so like you were creative? Or I, just... I would say creative because okay. I was definitely like different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I I always like had more questions in my head. Like, why is nobody asking this or that? Or what is this? Like, you know, our books only tell us so much. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to do 
something outside of the box. And uh, I don't know, I kind of pissed off my mom. <laughs> Because I, I wanted to be a professional clown. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be a doctor? There's under doctors. There's so many lawyers. Like, but there's not that many professional clowns or <laughs> you know things that make people like happy in another way. Was your uh, the house that you grew up in? Would you describe it as strict? I would say so, but when I was growing up, it didn't feel strict. It mm -hmm. just felt like normal. I f if I didn't leave my household when I did, I would find it hard um, now or like at that age to remain there because I was, I wasn't, um, I was really naive. So growing up was easy, mm -hmm. but once I grew up and like started seeing more, I was like, oh no 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 yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna remove myself from this. And what do you mean you remo remove yourself? Um, I moved out of my house when I was 18. Oh, how come? Yeah. Um, I started beefing in, in the nicest way with my oldest sister. She's like, like perfect. She's like a virgin, you know, Christian, you know, very, mm -hmm. very, she's strict. You know, she's very strict in her own way. And I was like... I wanted to explore stuff and find things out that like for myself and get a chance to, you know, define myself. So we were clashing very hard. And I, mm. to me, the easiest thing to do was just like leave. And that was like the best thing that I ever did. She was definitely like a second mom to me. The whole virginity thing was like, mm. it was, it started there. Like just my interest in boys like upset her. There was a lot, always a lot more males around me than, than females. And I think my sister just thought that I was more sexually active than I was at my age. So you moved out of your house mm -hmm. at 18 mm -hmm. and where'd you go? Um, where did I go? Let's see. I bounced around. I was in Rialto for a while still. Um, then I went to Orange County. Um, and then I came back to LA after Orange County. What were you doing for work in LA? What was I doing? I was working at a grocery store. <laughs> did you like that job? I did because, um, Which I was a cashier. Store? Food for less. Oh, food for less. <laughs> food for less. I was a cashier. And then, yeah, what? Where does your story go after that? Um, that's that's basically how I got into porn. Okay. Right from Food for Less. <laughs> okay, explain. So my friend Nikki, that was a club promoter, they were promoting parties for different people. You know, everybody has parties in LA, and uh, they were having a bunch of porn stars' birthday parties or whatever parties. And so they're like, "Yeah, let's go. Let's go to some porn stars' party." I was like, "Okay." So I go expecting to see people looking like my mom dressed up in glitter. And there's this pretty ass girl. I think it was Tori Black. She's stunning. She looks like she's in Victoria's Secret. And I was like, what? No way. Oh my God, she's in porn. And like all of her friends are fly. And so I was like, wow. So for a few weeks, we kind of keep going to different porn parties or whatever. And then the, the last week, her agent gives me a card. <laughs> 
like I didn't dive in right away. I was just like, I want to try something. Like, mm -hmm. um, so I first tried. I signed up and I for webcaming. So this is your first time doing sex, like through sex work, sex work for sure. Sex work, yeah, yeah. What's going through your mind as you're kind of about to do this? <laughs> I just kind of, if anything, was like a little insecure because I had never put myself in like the sexy position before. That was kind of like I was more fumbling over myself. And was there any part of you who was afraid that somebody from your, like your family or your friends who knew you mm -hmm. when you were growing up would see that? I, I don't think I was afraid of anybody seeing it because to me, if somebody saw it, then I knew that they watched porn. Hmm. Or that they were webcaming, what they watch webcaming. So to me, it was like being a stripper and like, oh, like if somebody watched, found you in the strip club, like, like I'm, I'm a stripper, but you're paying in the strip club. So I'd feel like they would be a little bit more embarrassed. There's this and, mutual, yeah. Like so, I was silence. like, well, yeah. I wasn't really too concerned with it. I was just more so wanting to make sure that I didn't look weird. You yeah, know? that's a perfect rebuttal to that it's like well you're watching well, you're watching me so what are you doing here <laughs> yeah that's a great point okay so then what happens they showed me like emails that they have been turning down because i was telling them i wouldn't do porn and they're like look we have this offer for you for holly randall um to shoot um it's gonna be by yourself it's a solo so i was like okay let's do it that was like the first thing that I did and it went everywhere. Like I had to make a Twitter that day just to, so I could respond to the pictures. That was the moment that launched your career? Yeah, that, that right there for sure. Okay, so this is 2011. You're <laughs> now just, you're full on in it. In it. What's happening in your personal life? Oh, I'm pissing people off. <laughs> Like who? Um, just guys trying to date me. Um, I tried to get a, or you know, have a relationship, and it was that was the longest relationship that I had was when I was uh, started porn. I dated him for three, four years. Uh, and, and how did did you guys meet through the industry? No, I met <laughs> I met him through working at Food for Less. So you you pissed him off because you were doing porn later yeah i you know like the longer when we first started dating at first um and he found you know found out i did porn then we started dating um it was all cool and all good but the longer i did porn and the more stuff i wanted to explore and the more i started to build relationships with my coworkers, like the more it became a problem for him and what was it it was like jealousy about the sex or this idea that you were you, yeah. What was what was he jealous about? More yeah, specifically? Mo mostly the thing that made him most jealous was the building relationships with my coworkers. Yeah, and when you were having sex um, on camera, mm -hmm. was it a sexual like was it an erotic experience? The way people like everyday people think of sex in their private lives yeah for when i first started for me like all of my shoots like because they were new experiences for me so it was very like very real and like the raw me on camera i didn't know how to fake it yet so yeah <laughs> it was definitely me and um there were a few things that i did on camera that like um pissed him off for sure did you ever tell your family that you were an adult performer um not not like not like coming out kind of thing but um 
but they're aware I've definitely had like Thanksgivings at my house where I have my performer friends meet my family and stuff. So, and are they supportive now? Yeah. Yeah. There was never a moment of not support, you know, like they're, if anything, super happy that I found something that I can pay my bills on and like not have them worrying about my not plan anymore. Now I have a plan. What about your oldest sister? I haven't spoke to her in quite some time. So how long? Since I don't know. I think I like the last time we communicated was I was twenty one. Mm-hmm. So, so like almost nine years. Yeah. And I, she hasn't been down with me since, since I, yeah, before this. So it's not, you know, it's not, it's not going to hurt me because I don't want to convince somebody that's like, that's like, it's like trying to convince somebody that's super religious to like take their vows, like not seriously. And like, that's, that's her thing. Like nobody's going to convince me to not do porn because that's what I want to do. So, you know, I'm not going to try to change her to come see my light, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How did your perception of like the industry around porn change mm-hmm. from when you weren't part of it to when you then like had just jumped into it? I gained a lot of respect for it quickly because before I, I thought everything like looking at the documentaries like oh everybody does crack you know yeah. like people are just big booby people sniffing coke and whatever like i just thought that it was like a fake weird wonderland of stuff i didn't want to get into and then day one it like slapped me in the face and was like no it's not like that we're humans we're a serious business and i was like oh so you know i i gained a lot of respect for it for sure right away (laughs) like with porn there's a lot of genres that Mm -hmm. are kind of like aggressive or violent um Mm -hmm. some people would say that it's degrading to women Mm -hmm. have you had (laughs) bad experiences in the industry um it's, it's it's really hard to define what's degrading to someone you know like there's there's porns that are seen as degrading but the people that perform them love those acts so it's not degrading to them um there are some that I find degrading to me that I won't do. What are some of those lines that you've drawn for yourself? Um, I don't like, um, I don't like any like racial play. Uh, but that's like not a thing that has even come up or anything. Like I don't have to worry about anybody like calling me, black anything in a porno um oh like using language that might be yeah like language offensive language um but like um i don't know i i haven't really had too much people try to disrespect me because they are respectable people i guess Mm -hmm. um there are people outside like uh, i had uh, i had got like almost like a little bit harassed by the people who were ghetto gaggers because they wanted me to shoot with them so bad Mm -hmm. Uh, because they knew if i did that a lot of other people would kind of like be like well if anna did it i'll do it too and i'm like yeah no i i really find you guys degrading i don't want you to like make me drool in a bowl and you pour it on my head i don't i don't want to lick the floor i don't want to be called a trashy whore every 2.2 seconds you know like that might make me cry and not in a good way when people say that porn is degrading to women Mm -hmm. what do you think i i disagree because i think uh 
that we get to choose what we want to do. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I get to choose that I want to go to work. I get to choose what I wear, what I look like, makeup artist. You know, sometimes like things like are not like exact or whatever, but like this is a lot better job than than anything else where I may have been degraded. Like mm-hmm. I, I definitely don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't agree. If you could change something about how the public views pornography, the general public, mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you change? <laughs> I would have to say this mostly um, for both sides. For direct something at the men and the women. So for the men mm-hmm. to realize that um, we are entertainers. You know, like we. They, I, I feel like they mostly think that we are like, like hookers in a way that they mm-hmm. just think like. Oh, cool. Like if I just meet you, you're just going to, you know, let me suck your tits or whatever. And it's like, you know, no, we're like, we're just, we're entertainers and we, we, we provide a fantasy to people and it's just that a fantasy. And for the women out there that we are women too, we are, you know, we, we, there's so many women in porn that have done different things, you know, like not, we're not hurt. We're not wounded animals that are here looking for someone to, I don't know, take advantage of us. Um, We're very much our own bosses. We're very much independent. We're very much strong people here. Uh, Well, Anna, we are running out of time. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. You've been so (laughs) awesome and so open. Uh, Is there anything you want to, any final thought you want to leave with our audience? Um... If they don't know what I look like, they can follow me. <laughs> follow me online to see who I am. And uh, uh, I hope that everybody enjoyed me being myself. My name is Brian. I'm 28. I'm a friend of John's. I'm Kathleen. I am 28. Brian and I are married. We got married when we were 25. And guys, what are we here to talk about? Porn. Porn. <laughs> Wonderful. How do you feel <laughs> about talking about this subject? I feel weird talking about it. I feel like most people do. It seems to be this very secret topic for almost everyone. But it also seems to be this thing that everyone has an opinion about. And so part of the reason I wanted you guys to come on is because you are one of the few married couples that I know and probably the best template for a healthy millennial marriage, at least within my friend group. So it's interesting to just have been in earshot of you guys navigating this. So how did it, how did porn appear in your relationship? Get specific. <laughs> Kathleen's literally okay, trying okay. to run away. All right, from all right, the room. all right. Okay, so. If I'm, if I'm, well, okay, you want to just go there? Okay. So I think I was making Brian breakfast in the kitchen. And Brian was taking a shower. And I came in to ask him something about like what breakfast I should be making him. And he was looking at porn in the shower. And, and it was a little bit, um, then it was just kind of there. Yeah, and then we had a, a very recent, uh, like a moment of getting caught. This this time it was my my uh, iPhone giving me away. Yeah. 
What did you do once uh, the porn was out of the bag, so to speak? We had a huge discussion slash fight that that lasted a month. (laughs) Yeah. I was raised in a Catholic house with a lot of indirect communication and sex was not a topic. And if it was a topic, it was a taboo topic. So with with porn, it's like in your face. When I see Brian looking at porn, I'm not mad at him about his sexual identity. It's all tied up with mine. So I'm like, oh, so I'm not enough. And I'm not only not enough, I'm in the other room. And it it just feels so personal. And then there are all those like romantic ideas about how you're gonna have this beautiful sexual relationship with one another and it's gonna be you're going to be able to meet those needs for each other. And then the more friends that I've talked to um, talk about like, eh, you know, you're not necessarily always going to be able to meet everyone's every need, but it's just, um, I think I was raised in a house where the only messages that I got around uh, sex were very linked to who I am. And it's like your purpose is to be there for a man like your body is should look a certain way it should be able to do certain things and at the end of the day you are there in large part for someone else's sexual identity my version of that was that i could identify or i would hear kathleen talk about how she felt like her body was you know, her purpose and her self-worth is tied up in her body and her physical appearance. And I would say, that's bullshit. That sucks. I can't believe you think that, you know, fuck the patriarchy, all that stuff. And I never thought about how what I was doing was directly contributing to that. So much of what I'm shown about sex through porn is is aligned with this patriarchal vision of what a woman should be. So what what's the solution? What how did you guys bounce back from this? I stopped watching porn, so I haven't watched porn since we had that big discussion, and it was an opportunity for me to figure out and take stock of what um how porn had shaped my sexual identity, how porn had shaped my relationship with Kathleen. Um and by removing it, I I had a opportunity and some clarity. I think I I was identifying that I wanted more from my sexual relationship with Kathleen, but I had it took me this long to figure out that I was the problem. Well, first off, I just I have to address the you think that you're the problem. You're not the problem. You're wonderful and absolutely not. But I think um I think that in our relationship, just it's it's knowing all these parts of your partner. If there's this big important part that you feel ashamed of and your partner doesn't get to see it, then they never get to, you know, really be there with you. So with Brian right now, like I feel like I know him so much better. 
I had all these questions that it would just manifest as like symptoms and other conversations we were having where I just felt like there was always this secret or this thing I didn't know or whatever. And I find it so much easier to trust Brian right now and to just even even if it were back like porn were back in our lives, like I don't know if that would go away. Like I feel like I just can believe a lot of things that you say to me in a new way. While it's been amazing having this period where Brian's been doing a lot of self-exploration, I kind of, porn is losing its power a bit. It was one of the most reparative and strengthening parts yeah. of our relationship. And but it became like a major turn on. <laughs> yeah. And it, <laughs> yeah. We are yeah. currently in a sexual renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does it feel like to be in a sexual renaissance? <laughs> I mean, it's great. Yeah. The words <laughs> curiosity and <laughs> I don't know. Let me put it this way. We've been together for 10 years and to 10 years in be op- opening up to this completely different way of connecting and this level of connection is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, sex I think is so closely tied to vulnerability and that when you when I tore down those walls and was truly vulnerable, then I got rewarded big time, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a good sound bite? That's fucking yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, Brian and Kathleen. And thank you to all the guests in today's episode. It was great hearing all your perspectives. I learned a lot. I was challenged a lot as I spoke to each of you. Thank you, Katie, for enduring that somewhat experimental and strange interview process. Um, And no matter what your opinions are on pornography, whether you're still very much against it, whether you're very much for it, I would like to encourage you to just not feel ashamed and to express your opinion uh, respectfully, openly, and confidently, because I think when we have these conversations and we see where people are coming from, it's a benefit for us all. And just once more, I want to acknowledge that in this episode, we were just scratching the surface of this topic. I understand that a lot of the people in this episode were straight If you want to let us know what you think about pornography, visit our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash Radical Empathy, and maybe we will share it in our next episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please give us a rating, leave us a review. Um, That does it for our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Over and out. Until next time.